Ed Peters, and I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to our study in Matthew chapter 24, Matthew's account of the Olivet Discourse. Once again, we need to understand that Matthew does not record Jesus' comments regarding the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, which took place in AD 70. His record covers the remarks of Jesus dealing with his return to earth and to the end of the age. Now, many of these signs that Jesus refers to that point to his return are events that have been seen and experienced throughout the course of human history. So, how are we to know when these events point to the return of Christ and to the end of the age? We are given three examples that will help to understand this question. The first is in verse 8, and it speaks about birth pains. In other words, when these signs begin to increase in number and in intensity. Then we have verse 27, where Jesus uses the example of lightning to illustrate his coming. Finally, he gives us the example of the fig tree. This is found in verses 32 through 34, and they read, Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Here with our study is Pastor Henry Horder. 
There are many different ways of looking at the words of Jesus as recorded by Matthew in chapter 24 of the first gospel. For myself, after some evaluation, I have adopted a view that will become obvious. Jesus' disciples, after hearing Jesus talk about the destruction of their city and their temple, asked him, Tell us, when will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answers those two questions, but according to Matthew's account, it seems that Jesus focuses mostly on the second. So Jesus then lists signs of his coming and signs that point to the end of the age, the end of history. We need to read this chapter with that in mind, or we'll miss the impact of it. Before coming to the first sign, which is deception, I need to ask, what makes these things signs? Besides the matter of deception, Jesus lists violence, wars, and a war mentality, verses 6 to 7. Also famines and earthquakes, verse 7. Persecution, verse 9. Turning from the faith, verse 10. False prophets and false religions, verse 11 and 24. The inability to love within God's framework, verse 12. And finally, a revival of the times of Noah's day, verses 36 to 51. But all of these things were in evidence in Jesus' time. So when do they become signs or signals to us? Or what makes them signs? The answer is in the three illustrations that Jesus uses. The first is in verse 8, where Jesus said, All these things are the beginning of birth pains. As the actual birth of the child draws nearer and nearer, the birth pains increase in intensity and frequency. So these things listed by Jesus. As the end of the age and his coming draws nearer, they will increase in similar manner as birth pains. These signs, when they explode, point to the period of extreme distress just prior to the beginning of the final form of the Messianic age. The second illustration is in verse 27. Jesus said, For as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. What did Jesus want to convey with this statement? Perhaps he meant that his coming would be as bright as lightning, that everyone would see it. His coming would be public, not just for a small group. Every eye would see it. Like lightning, no one could miss it. Or... Jesus might have meant more than this. I once heard a teacher say that lightning never strikes from a clear sky. What he meant was that there must be clouds in the sky. Lightning is the flashing of light produced by a discharge of atmospheric electricity from one cloud to another or from a cloud to the earth. Perhaps Jesus is telling us that we should look at the signals he lists as a gathering storm. The clouds are always there, but when they begin to gather and press together, then the atmospheric electricity forms and the discharge comes in the form of a flash. Perhaps Jesus is saying that the things he mentioned as signs 
are there all the time, like clouds. But when they begin to come together and increase, like the birth pains, then the coming of the Lord and the end is near. The third illustration is given by Matthew in verse 32. Jesus said, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know the summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the door. One of the signs of the approach of summer is when the twigs on the fig trees get tender. That signals that summer must be near. You can look at a fig tree and observe a twig here and another there and another there, and they are tender. Perhaps these signs that Jesus lists are like those twigs. They were there all the time, but suddenly they all become tender. Then we ought to know that the Lord's return is near. All three illustrations emphasize the fact that the things mentioned by Jesus become signals of his coming and of the end of the age when they increase in intensity and frequency, when they all seem to come together at once. That's when these things become signs. We will miss the impact of this chapter if we don't read Jesus' words in the light of those three illustrations. One more observation before I close today. The list of signs that Jesus gives in Matthew 24 is by no means exhaustive. There are many other signals to the end of history. Paul mentions a number of others in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 to 8, and in chapter 4, verses 3 to 4. These verses should be read in connection with Matthew 24. Other Bible writers like Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Daniel list other signs relating to the climactic closing times of history. I'll come to the first sign Jesus mentions on the next What's New program, and I'll introduce it here. Jesus said, Watch out that no one deceives you, verse 4. Evidently, one of the greatest and most important signs pointing to the end of the age and to the return of the Lord, is growing deception. Jesus must have believed this to be crucial since he mentions it four times in this chapter. Other Bible writers emphasize it too. Evidently, deception is Satan's major technique, especially at the end of the age. He used it with Eve in the Garden of Eden. It worked then. Eve said to God, the serpent deceived me, Genesis 3.13. Similarly, Paul wrote in Romans 7.11, for sin deceived me. Satan will use whatever works, and he will use it again and again. Throughout the Bible, it is clear that his technique of deception worked, and he will appear at the end of this age as a master at deception. We all need to know this. Shut it up, keep out the devil. Shut it up, keep the devil in the night. Shut it up, keep out the devil. With Jesus, my Savior, everything's all right. With Jesus, my Savior, everything's all right. Oh, when I was a baby child. Shut it up, keep out the devil. Good and bad. 
just a game. Shut the door, keep the devil in the night. Many years and many trials. Shut it door, keep out the devil. Prove to me they're not the same. Shut it door, keep the devil in the night. Say, shut it door, keep out the devil. devil. Shut it door, keep the devil in the night. Shut it door, keep out the devil. devil. Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.